going on, guys? Michael here, Energy 360 Network by Intercom. Excited to be bringing you this interview with the midstream expert, Steve Reese, who is the CEO, president, and founder of Reese Midstream Consulting, probably the most intact midstream consulting firm in terms of what's going on, in terms of the deal flow they're working on. It was unbelievable. I have an opportunity to, to both meet with Steve, chat a little bit about what uh, both his consulting company does and just some of the wild things and really the trends that he's been around. He sits down with Stuart Turley, the director and publisher of oilandgas360.com, and they have a really wide range of conversations that really touches on, as I like to call it, really the state of the midstream. So I don't really even want to spoil any of it. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Stu. Audio only, he'll kick this one off. Hey, hey, good morning, uh, Steve. Are you having a good morning? Yes, thanks. Uh, thanks for the invite. Oh, fantastic. Hey, thank you for coming by. And we just really appreciate everything. Uh, you know, Steve is uh, uh, head schmo over there at uh, Reese uh, Midstream Consulting. Um, you're also running the Reese Midstream Report. And uh, generally, besides a nice guy, the the expert on midstream. And so uh, hopefully our conversation, we can get some really good uh, ideas of current situations going on in the midstream space. You bet. Absolutely. Um, hey, if you don't mind giving us just a little bit of background, you had some uh, really, really good experience with Getty and uh, Texaco. If you wouldn't mind just uh, catching us up on a bit of your background. You bet. Well, I'm uh, fortunate enough to be entering uh, my 40th year in the in the energy industry, and the first uh, 10 or 12 years was spent uh, for uh, both Getty Oil and then subsequent to the Texaco merger in 1985 uh, with Texaco, and I was involved heavily in in their midstream processes from a commercial standpoint. We we purchased gas supply for at the time about 30 Texaco plants and sold the natural gas liquids and residue gas from those. And then in uh, 1994, I wanted to make the jump into consulting and try being an entrepreneur. And we've been very fortunate. And um, so we we formed uh, Reese Energy Consulting in 1994 and initially um, uh, basically jumped the fence and began consulting for the oil and gas producers that I used to buy gas from and began negotiating their energy contracts for them. And as we moved along about 10 years ago, we also decided to uh, kind of bifurcate the company into a commercial side as we'd had it and also a lot of engineering on the midstream side. So we have continued to to handle dozens of oil and gas producers, uh, midstream companies. We've done work for for municipalities, for schools, for uh, PMAX and, and other firms, uh, both on on contracts and on engineering design and, and auditing. And uh, also with respect to that, we've, we've um, expanded our staff now. And if you go to reeseenergyconsulting.com, you can see our our level of expertise is um, is very high. We've probably have six or seven executives that are thirty plus years in in the industry, and also um, we own Reese Energy Training, 
which provides training courses uh, throughout the United States on uh, natural gas and midstream and the commercial contracts they're in. And we've been teaching those for about about 20 years, uh, probably now well over 20,000 industry professionals and companies such as Devon and One Oak and Enbridge and Boardwalk and and on and on. So we've we've been very fortunate, and we're continuing to uh, grow and expand. And you know, looking forward to the future and the changes that we're going through. You know, uh, this adage of those who cannot do teach uh, does not apply to you guys, because <laughs> um, that's a who's who of. Uh, uh, training in 20,000 uh, people trained. That's pretty darn cool. Yeah, you know, those those um, those products, you know, tend to feed each other. You know, we've done a lot of training courses where where the companies have turned around and hired us as consultants and, and vice versa. And I think it brings some legitimacy and, and some acumen and, you um, um, you know, confirmation of our expertise when they want us to come in and, and train their employees. And so it's, uh, it's worked well. And, and we've, you know, the business model is, is served as well. You know, with this kind of history that you've had, uh, Steve, you, your training, your, all your experience that you have in the office, you've seen the history of midstream. And so with your extensive team background, your personal knowledge. Uh, can you give us a little bit of the state of the current and where do you think the future of midstream is? Because in the news articles that I've seen your Reese report uh, put out, the midstream report, uh, you guys are on top of the, right on top of the news on this area. So if you could let us know where you think our current state is and where do you think we're going? Well, obviously, midstream companies have have tapped the brakes, uh, you know, during, uh, let's call it the last half a dozen years with the shale boom. uh, There was so much private equity and public money um, invested into the midstream sector just to keep up with the demand for for gas takeaway and gathering and, and oil transportation and gas processing and LNG and everything else. And with the with the rig count where it is, where we've kind of had a, a soft stop in drilling, I think what we're seeing today are the midstream firms are looking at their efficiencies. They're looking at the acumen of their workforce. They're looking at ways to potentially consolidate. And also now, so many private equity firms who thought that they would be in and out some of these investments in a handful of years are now realizing that they're going to have to operate some of these assets for quite some time. And that basically has some, some, some silver lining and some positives in this, that it, it's going to make the, the midstream sector a lot more efficient and make it really look at their margins and how they're treating their customers as well. So at this point right now, it, it's kind of a, a steady, smooth sailing. And I think that we're excited about you know, what, what now, as far as, as we're seeing drilling pick up somewhat, especially in the Permian, as to, as to both how these efficiencies uh, work and also 
the consolidations that have been happening, a lot of the M&A activity, and we're involved in some of that, obviously, from a due diligence and a, and a consulting standpoint. So we will see some different logos either put together or changed here, I, I say, at least in the next you know two to three years. Um, with all of the um, ESG and energy, uh, anti-energy sentiment, uh, it's kind of like all the assets that are there. We're hearing that, you know, there's going to be no new pipelines being built. Do you think that's going to have an impact on uh, what are your thoughts on the regulations and the, like we just had the Atlantic pipeline cancel. Uh, mm-hmm. We've just had all these other things going on. What are your thoughts around the future on some of those? Well, I think there's some things that have had a hard stop that probably needed to have a hard stop and instead of a lot of investment out there just assuming that they're looking at these 20 and 30% rates of return with private money. And mm-hmm. I think people are, you know, it's 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 real similar to what's happened in the last 10 years, especially, a, a, let's say, a place like the Marcellus for all of a sudden, the Northeast markets have their supply next door to them. And whereas uh, the people in the Northeast have had their natural gas supply come from Oklahoma and Texas and Louisiana, now some of those pipelines up the Eastern seaboard have actually been reversed. And so, I, I you know, I don't think going forward that we're going to see anything that's dramatic or drastic, irregardless of these elections or the future from the standpoint that we continue to hear this term that natural gas is going to be a bridge uh, to the new energy future. Well, natural gas is not going to go away. Natural gas is clean. It's abundant. It's U.S. made. It's ubiquitous. And, you know, we, we can't get along without it. It's interesting to hear those say that we'll just replace it with solar and wind. Um, and I do think there's a spot for those renewables absolutely as a swing uh, source. But the problem is natural gas provides everything that's on your desk right now, Stuart, ha- is a byproduct of natural gas, whether it's, whether it's you know plastics or solvents or water bottles or your clothing or your rug or tires or whatever. You know, that just is not, the public's just not going to allow that to go away. So um, natural gas is here to stay, and uh, I think it will be used in various, you know, different arenas. I do continue to see it to replace possibly coal in some areas and maybe nuclear in some others. But, and, and you know, we're, we're, we're very much behind anything here that makes the environment a better place for all of us and our descendants. Uh, But if you look to the recent past, the reason, the main reason we have a better environment and cleaner air than we had 25 years ago is specifically the use of natural gas. Boy, you know, Steve, I would just flat out agree with you on that one with the U.S., lowering it's um, even not being part of the Paris Accord, we have done a fantastic job. And I, I really believe it is because of all the natural gas uh, that we're using uh, these days. Um, 
in some of the uh, recent uh, headlines that you've had out there um, with the new, as you mentioned, the renewables and everything else, uh, it seems like there's a lot of uh, hype in Europe and a lot of hype in Canada and other areas about transporting hydrogen in the natural gas pipelines. Are you seeing any of that in the U.S.? It's interesting that you mentioned that today. Uh, I will be on a call when we are done today with one of the largest hydrogen providers in the South who has uh, tapped me on the shoulder to discuss potentially working together with us. I just had the first call um, yesterday, and they're wanting to discuss that, uh, that uh, process and that business with our team. And so obviously I do feel that's coming. And I think obviously with the potential development of fuel cell technology for our vehicles, I do think that it seems like to me that hydrogen could be the next uh, product out there that becomes a clean source for us. And, uh, you know, one of the cool things that I'm just intrigued by all this and that uh, the new, uh, I guess, turbines uh, will allow, I think, up to 18% or something. I don't know the number. I need to fact check my own self because I did go to OSU, you know, and you'd bring that up painfully. Uh, (laughs) And uh, that the new turbines will allow the mix of the hydrogen and natural gas doesn't that add a lot of longevity to our pipelines and uh, really help make it part of the quote green in you know future? It should, um, and I am not. I don't have the acumen yet at this point. Uh, even though my team is beginning to do their homework with respect to what will that do for pipeline integrity? What will it do to certain compressors and certain processes downstream? But it's obviously something worth pursuing and there's a lot of investment money behind hydrogen now and we want to be a part of that you know we we look at that as just another commodity just just like the midstream industry was just oil and gas for so long and with all the produced water in the last five to ten years water has become a commodity that is Mm -hmm. priced with fees and it's gathered and pumped and compressed just like natural gas. There's no reason why if hydrogen has benefits, both from a cost basis, efficiency basis, and a and a green basis, then absolutely it's something we need to really take a strong look at. Um, you know, and again, I'm I'm kind of a neophyte in some of this area, and there's difference between blue hydrogen. Uh, and different uh, colors that blue hydrogen I thought was kind of funny is just made from natural gas. So why not just call it natural gas? <laughs> uh, understood. Understood. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's kind of funny. And with Canada also doing the same kind of thing, all of this is translating into um, part of this serious ESG movement out there. And it will be fun to kind of keep an eye on uh, this new uh, business and area that you're going into, uh, that's really darn exciting. Yeah, it is. We're, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, excited to to hear what the, this firm says. They're not the first one that reached out to us, but they seem to be, um, they seem to have some girth to them and some, 
and some capital behind them. And so, you know, Rick O'Bannon, my business development manager out of Texas, and I will be on a call with them today. And, you know, we're just, we're just going to listen and learn and try to educate ourselves. And, you know, I, I think the reason that some of these things come our way is just from the standpoint of our relationships in the industry and and the color of our of our hair. This gray hair, I I obviously didn't get in a box at Walgreens, you know. So uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that uh, that means something. Well, you know, Steve, as you and I were testing, I'm a little bit uh, uh, hair challenged, I think, and uh, tan is my uh, hair color. <laughs> Skin. Uh, yes, I, I understand. No problem. Um, on your staff, and you're seeing that your your entire team uh, at the uh, Reese Midstream Consulting, uh, what are some of the things coming around the corner for your staff? What are they seeing? Well, one thing with, you know, what is being a pure consulting staff, um we uh, tend to benefit sometimes in times like this when there are layoffs and consolidations. We get tapped on the shoulder a lot to fill in slots, you know, either short or long term. We're also seeing a lot of activity with respect to our auditing services where we, um, a producer asks us to go in and audit their midstream contracts. And we look at, a, obviously, the contractual arrangement, the accounting side of it, but we also go to the field and we audit their their gas measurement and their processing and their gas sampling. And we're seeing, uh, I'll put it this way, Stuart, in, in times like this, a lot of companies are looking in the sofa cushions for quarters. And I think that's where where we bring a lot to the table. And we've had two, well, three large uh, engagements on the auditing side this year that I think specifically were a fallout from saying, you know, we're, we're not drilling, we're not creating new revenue through drilling or whatever, where we want to, you know, look at our existing business and make sure that, you know, contractually we're, we're being treated appropriately. Um, so as, as consultants and taking a look at your staff on that, that's pretty, uh, cool on the auditing part. Is part of that auditing also part of the M&A activity? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you may, uh, you may also, um, uh, you know, kind of consider that due diligence. Uh, we actually got an engagement this morning on a company that is uh, looking at a, a bankruptcy sale and, and we've helped with about three of those just this year as you can imagine some of the large producers in the mid-continent and other places who had to file bankruptcy and their assets are now held by the court and they're up for sale uh, we're doing a lot of that work as well and not just just you know chapter 11 acquisitions but also some some mergers where we're uh, we're helping uh, some clients, you know, organize and kind of put the pieces together from two different companies. Um, you know, on your, you know, this is kind of a selfish being a uh, publisher and looking at things uh, all the time, Steve, how do you keep all your information for your midstream report flowing? 
You know, uh, Vicki Dawkins out of my Tulsa office is just fantastic with research and and with um, understanding and staying on top of the news every day. And and between that and you know, on LinkedIn, we've we've continued to grow um, our presence. I think I have uh, roughly thirty five thousand followers now on LinkedIn. And you know, it's 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 not anything that we look at at all as a revenue generator we look at it as as a way to help to help the the energy uh public and the and the energy associates of ours stay on top of the news today and let us kind of do the homework for them and and let you know let them know what's going on and and it's it's another way it it, it tends to uh um it tends to bring business in the door a perfect example was a couple of years ago we began reporting on liquefied natural gas exports and we came up and were hired for a very large engagement by one of the largest exporters in the country to help them with their gas supply and transportation uh, alternatives so um you know it it it's a little self-serving as well but but we we sh- we're sure fortunate to get some of the comments that we do about our voice out there and we keep things apolitical. We're we're not out there to, to to politicize anything, and we actually try to stay away from you know what I'd call downer news. You know, we try to keep things upbeat, and and I think that's part of uh, you know part of our mo. Well, uh, I'll tell you what I I am truly respectful of your staff and the amount of uh, information and credibleness. Uh, Steve, I'm going to be honest with you, that gives you guys a lot of street cred as uh, consultants knowing your stuff. So uh, I could see why that is absolutely a, a business uh, uh, advantageous to you. And uh, if anybody's not familiar with this Reese Midstream report, we will have that information in the show notes because it's fabulous. Great. Well, we appreciate that. And as a, as a last kind of a thing here, is there, if you were just sitting here talking to somebody saying, I want to invest in energy, do you think it's best if somebody would invest in a midstream or do you think that in a positive light, what do you see from the investment community? Well, um, you know, the midstream industry has morphed in the last dozen years from a service that um, their margins for many years were based upon retaining a portion of the commodity that went through their facilities. It was a lot of those were called percent of proceeds type contracts. But as the private money began to flow in and the majors and a lot of large public companies exited the industry, it's now turned into a fee for service business. And so midstream companies uh, revenues and fees are not directly affected by commodity prices. They're just like putting your car on a turnpike. Uh, so I feel like they're they're a steadier investment today. Now on the on the E and P and the producer side, you know, um, it still amazes me that a company will take ten million dollars and uh, 
you know, put it down an eight inch hole in the ground. That's two miles down. I mean, that's amazing to me still. And there's a lot of inherent risk with that as we have seen. And if all you have to look, do is look at as the large producers stock prices in the last five years and see what's happened and how they've been decimated. But I'm, I'm sure there are some out there that are good buys. And there are some out there that are continued to roll and do a good job. And I think those that, you know, studied the rock and studied the, the processes and were conservative with their capital spending, you know, those are the guys that are still around. But, you know, I may be partial, but I still think midstream investments are, are, uh, are a nice, solid, safe investment. Um, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I, I just really want to follow up with you on uh, a next another podcast follow up uh, in a bit and hear some of your new updates from your new uh, clients and where you think things are going. And if there's absolutely any way Intercom and Oil and Gas 360 can help you out, we sure would like to, to help talk about that and have you back again. I'd love to do it. And as long as you, uh, long as you t keep touching up my picture and don't do it, put a new one on there. We're, we're all good to go. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, we love our art department, Steve. They, they took my uh, not so fat side. So uh, there you go. That's awesome. Well, thanks for having me guys. And you all feel free to reach out anytime. Thank you very much. I'm telling you guys, just a high level conversation with Steve. We really appreciate him taking his time out of his busy day to sit down with us. We hope we can get him on again. For all of our other Energy 360 expert interviews, please check out the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com. Check out 360 Energy Expert. Hit the drop down, 360 Industry Insights. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. Thank you guys. We will see you next time.